What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac, and I'm bringing you the best of Croatia from around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Adriatic Tours, the best place since 1974 to book your cruises, tours, flights, and simply all things Croatia. Use the personalized code ALLTHINGSCROATIA to get a special discount and book your trip to Croatia today. For more information, go to www.adriatictours.com or click the link in the description. Now eat the modalje and let's get started. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today we have special guest Rene Pea. Rene is the Consul General of Croatia in Los Angeles. And in this episode, we're going to learn about her and her role in helping Croatians abroad connect back with the homeland. Rene, thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I appreciate the <laughs> bearing with me on the little bit of technical difficulties we had there. But, you know, why don't you start us off, if you can, just, you know, tell us a little bit about your, your early life growing up. So, as I understand, you were you're born and raised in Croatia? Yes, exactly. Yes, I, uh, I was born in Zagreb, uh, as were my parents. Uh, however, my family, my, on my father's side, uh, they come from Slavonia, from Valpo, which is a, a small village uh, close to Vukovar. Um, so, but I grew up in Zagreb. I just visited my, uh, you know, relatives in Slavonia every once in a while. Um, I grew up, uh, in the, in the city center and then later at Yarun, which is, you know, close to the lake, which was really nice. Um, I went, um, to, you know, elementary and high school there. And then I came to the States to finish my last year of high school, uh, in New Hampshire. Um, there was a little town called Hudson, New Hampshire. And that's where I did my last year of high school. Is that some sort of exchange type program in high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was an exchange student. Okay. Um, yeah. And at that time, nobody knew about Croatia except, you know, for the war. So all they knew was uh, that there was a war there. And it's such a difference from then to now. Whenever I say that I'm from Croatia, everybody says, oh, Croatia, beautiful, you know, wonderful sea, wonderful beaches. I really want to go. Or they tell me, oh, I've been. So, you know, it's uh, it's really nice to hear that for a change. <laughs> what year was that when you were in your last year of high school? That was 94. So that was in the middle okay. of the war, just before it ended. And I was supposed to study in the States, but actually decided to go back because I felt bad about not being at home while there was a war going on. So I, I went back, uh, studied uh, in Zagreb um, at law school of, of Zagreb, Pravni uh, Fakultet, and uh, then later did uh, my MA, uh, which is a master's degree in European law in Bruges in Belgium. So that's, oh, wow. you know, about it, about my schooling. I heard that that's like one of those little fairy tale type looking towns. Is that right? Or am I thinking of another place over there? No, no, you're very right. It's uh, it's beautiful there. It's gorgeous. But as long as it's, uh, you know, the summer and you're there for a couple of days and then it's beautiful. But during the winter, it can get a little bit, you know, I, I would call it medievally dark. There was a movie called In Bruges, and it's quite depressing, and it that, that can be also the atmosphere there. So just be careful when you're going. <laughs> <laughs> to go in the, the right months. Well, you mentioned yeah, you, were living exactly. by, um, you were living by Yarun, and I wanted to ask you, um, did you ever go swimming there? Because I went swimming, and I've heard mixed, mixed results from, from locals here that if you should go in the water or not. 
Well, I, I did go swimming, you know, maybe once or twice, so not that much. Um, I think, you know, it's so much nicer swimming in the sea, so I prefer going to our seaside to swim rather than to Yarun. Um, I do know some people were swimming there, but uh, that never was really that exciting for me. So we would go out sometimes in Yarun, you know, there were quite a few uh, places like restaurants and clubs, so we would go there for, for parties rather than for swimming. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that, and definitely you yeah. can't be swimming in the sea. Um, yeah. So then, how did you end up going to Los Angeles? Well, I'm a career diplomat, so I've been working for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs for basically the last twenty years, and this is my third posting. Uh, I've been posted to uh, Chicago before for five years, uh, then to Brussels for four. And uh, now I'm here. And in the meantime, I was working in Zagreb at the ministry. And also I was working for the office of the president of Croatia, which was at the time Kolinda Grabar-Kitarovic. Now, when you say posted um, in these other cities, that's also as a consul general? Uh, so, no, it's always something else. So, uh, when I was in Chicago, I was the deputy consul general and then the acting consul general because we didn't have a consul general for a while. So, I was, you know, doing, I was in that role for about three years. Uh, so, it's a very similar job as to what I'm doing now. And in Brussels, it was completely different. I was working for the Croatian permanent representation to the EU. So basically, we were just negotiating um, a lot of uh, documents and things regarding um, Croatia, uh, the EU, and uh, EU's foreign and uh, security policy. Okay. And so now you've been, what is it, four years in Los Angeles as Consul General? No, I, I, I moved here two years ago. So it was summer of 2020. Um, so I've been here for two years and it's going to be another two years. So our postings are four years altogether. I see. Okay. And now for those that, that don't know exactly, I mean, I, I know everyone sort of hears these terms, but maybe they don't know what they mean, uh, including myself, but what exactly is a consul general and what is your role? So consul general is basically the head of the consulate, the consulate general. And what the consulate does, uh, we're a um, diplomatic representation of Croatia um, in different countries. But um, in order to explain that, it will be easier to start from the beginning. So basically, uh, in a foreign country, you have an embassy. And then you can also have consulates. Uh, in the U.S., we have the embassy in Washington, D.C., and we have three other consulates uh, in uh, New York, in Chicago, and here in L.A. Uh, so the, the embassy basically covers the whole country, and they cover it politically, which means that they usually, um, you know, discuss uh, certain policy, policy issues, also trade, uh, everything that is on a state level, they uh, discuss with the United States. What we do is we're in charge of a certain part of the country. So for instance, uh, here in LA, the consulate general would be in charge of 19 states. So everything from um, North Dakota down to Texas, everything to the west of that is the territory that we cover as the consulate general of LA. 
and uh, what we do is basically everything. So we represent Croatia here. Uh, we meet, you know, governors, uh, other politicians, mayors. Uh, we do trade policy, investment policy. Uh, but mostly uh, we we're here for our di diaspora and for Croats abroad and we take care of them and we uh, usually issue documents that's something called consular affairs uh, so for consular affairs we do any type of document you might need so your birth certificate um, your domovnica, your citizenship uh, for foreigners, we issue visas and such. So it's, it's any type of documents that Croats or, or other people might need for, you know, whatever it is that they're um, doing on or, or wanting to pursue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you're dealing with all these different types of documents and paperwork. Are you seeing some sort of trend right now? I mean, I know this it's been two years, I guess it's hard to sort of compare, but I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not difficult to compare. Actually, we've seen a huge uptake, uh, a rise in the request for Croatian citizenship and for Croatian passports. Uh, there's been a 200% uh, uptake in requests for Croatian citizenship. So it's, it's wow. very significant. Uh, we've seen, yeah, a lot of people wanting uh, citizenship and like I said, passports and wanting to travel there uh, for the last two summers uh, because Croatia was, you know, one of the few countries that was open uh, during the pandemic, but also for the American tourists. We saw a lot of American tourists wanting to go there and we were, you know, giving them information and issuing some documents, especially for uh, Croatian Americans who didn't have their Croatian passport uh, made. So they needed some, you know, documents from us to be able to go there. And we were issuing those. So it was a very, very busy time. Do you have any guesses as to why it's been such an, I mean, you mentioned a 200% increase in citizenship uh, requests. Do you have yeah. any idea why that might be? Well, I think that the answer to that is, uh, you know, let's say qu uh, th threefold, let's say. Um, I would think that it's because, you know, Croatia is now a member of the EU. So there's a lot of more possibilities of going to the European Union, working there, studying there. So it opens up a lot of options. But I believe that during the pandemic, uh, it happened because people realized that they would like to have another option of maybe, you know, moving somewhere else, going to another country, living there. And since Croatia was quite open, they re and, you know, they really enjoy living there. Uh, I think they just wanted to be able to go there and stay for, for longer, um, perhaps sometimes, you know, even retire, uh, stay for a year or two. So uh, I, I just think that people just wanted more more options, different options. Hmm. And now in, in working with, you know, of course, the Croatian government in sort of trying to, I mean, make that happen. What exactly is the process for you? I mean, you're processing all these documents and making sure they have all the correct documents for citizenship and then sending that to Croatia and someone there is putting it together or are you actually in your division are they you know saying yes you got it or no you didn't no uh we don't do that so basically uh you were correct the, the first time um so what we do is we usually give out information and advice as to how to obtain citizenship um so sometimes i give out lectures as well 
uh, but basically when somebody calls us or emails us, we have, um, you know, something like a little write-up, a, a brochure about Croatian citizenship, and we send that out, and we explain to them what they need to do. Uh, so we would, you know, then um, make an appointment for them. They need to come in uh, because you have to do it in person. We would have a little interview with them. Uh, however, they don't need to fill out a test or anything like that. Up until now, you had to um, have a language test and a little history test. Um, but that doesn't exist anymore. So you just you know, come to an appointment, uh, you have a small interview, uh, you sign some documents here uh, in front of us, and then we make sure that you have all the documents and we send it back to Croatia. And the institution in charge of uh, citizenship uh, is actually the Ministry of Interior of Croatia. So they are the ones who go through the process and then decide whether, uh, you know, you are eligible for citizenship or not. Um, that takes about a year up to two years uh, this has been a little bit longer lately just because you know we have such like I said such a, an uptake and increase uh, in requests but also because you know the pandemic and then we had uh, two major earthquakes in Croatia so all of that has um, made the process a little bit slower but generally it takes about like I said from about a year up to two years do you think that that process might be expedited uh, in the future, in the near future, I should say, with, I don't know, the technology or, you know, maybe they're, they have plans to switch the softwares or something or? <laughs> um, I, I really don't know what, what they're planning. I, I know that a lot has actually been uh, done to put a lot of those documents you can actually get online. Uh, so there's something called e-grajani uh, in the creation system. That's something that um, has been put on by the Ministry of um, of Justice, and also um, um, the other ministries are being involved, and uh, they have more or less uh, all the documents uh, online now. And most recently, you can get your passport and your ID online as well, as long as you have applied for one of those documents uh, within a year. Um, of, of applying again now. Uh, however, uh, citizenships are a little bit of a different story. So I'm not sure that is going to be possible. Uh, but, you know, we'll see, maybe. Uh, maybe we'll be able to do it online or do a Zoom interview or something. But for now, uh, you know, that's the case. You still have to come in and go through the process. And like I said, since uh, there was a huge increase, that's why it's taking a little bit longer. Um, and f f at this point, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to go down much. Hmm. Well, the igrajani at least sounds like it's a step in the, in the right direction as far as, you know, utilizing technology to make things easier and quicker. And yeah, especially, absolutely. you know, Croatia is sort of known for its bureaucracy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's always good to hear. What are some of the like most common issues that you have or that people I should say have in obtaining their Croatian citizenship any specific documents or you know a certain part of it that it causes the most trouble well most of them um have the most trouble with finding uh, the old documents meaning that if let's say they have a grandfather or a great-grandfather 
who they're getting the citizenship through, you know, who was born in Croatia, they need to uh, get their birth certificate or some kind of a document that would show that they were born in Croatia and they were Croatian. And uh, that can, you know, cause some issues because not all the books of citizenships um, uh, you can find, not all of them are there. Some of them were burned during the war or throughout history. So uh, some of them, uh, you know, have a hard time of finding those documents. Uh, also, what uh, gets a little bit complicated is, uh, you know, getting, let's say, your birth certificate that has to be uh, stamped with something called an apostille seal. Uh, apostille seal is um, something that you can get at the Secretary of State, and every legal document has to have that apostille seal in order to be valid in Croatia. Uh, so sometimes people are a little bit confused by that. And then another thing is what they need to get is um, something called a record search. They get that either from the Justice Department uh, in their own state or from the FBI uh, in, in the States. And for that, you have to give your fingerprints and then it takes a while to get that. So, you know, sometimes they're um, they're waiting on those documents to get here. But other than that, there are really no major issues. I applied recently for citizenship, maybe uh, five, six months ago, through the the program here, Kroatikum, that I'm I'm doing, which is allowing me to you know study here in Zagreb, and so they helped with all of that. And from what I understood, I mean, I, it was tough to you know make sense of it all, and I was just sort of following their instructions. But it almost seemed like they were. It's almost seemed like it's a guessing game at some point, um, in figuring which route to go with the application because. It seems to me there's a couple different routes. Like you can mm -hmm. go, I forget exactly how it went, but in my case, I could have gone like through just my dad because he has citizenship, or I could have gone, you know, through my grandmother, through my baka, and it was like two different directions of like two different ways to go with it. And it almost seems like it's just sort of a guessing game. I don't know. Is that is that um... true at all, or? I, I wouldn't call it that. I think it's more about uh, giving people more options. So basically what they're trying to do or what we are trying to do as a country, uh, we want, Cro you know, Croats uh, who feel like they're Croats and who would like to get their Croatian citizenship, we would like to give them as many options as possible. So basically this is uh, made in such a way that you have more options to apply. So if you can, let's say, if you have a father and he has his documents who are in order, then you can apply through him. If not, then you can apply for, through a grandmother. If not even that, then maybe you can apply because you are Croatian, you are a person who uh, likes to, you know, go to Croatian events, who is a member of a Croatian club, who is active in those clubs in church, uh, etc. And you can prove your Croatian identity through that. So it's basically uh, giving you more options. So it's just up to you uh, and up to us to see what would be maybe the best route. So we could advise you on that, you know, but I think it's more about giving you guys or, or Croats abroad more options. I see. So then it's more going to the side that has perhaps the easier to obtain documents or already has those documents. Exactly, exactly. That, that's what it is, you know? Yeah. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I want to pivot a little bit from citizenship 
And I don't know if you mentioned this already, but do you deal with trade at all um, in your role between you know Croatia and the U.S.? Yes, of course, uh, we or I deal with trade and investment. So, um, you know, when there are Croatian companies who would like to come and, and do business here or find business partners, uh, we we can help them. They get in touch and we try to connect them with, you know, their either partners or whoever uh, or whatever they, they need to do to be able to do business here or sell their products here. And we also um, try to find, you know, investment for Croatia. So if somebody is interested in investing in Croatia, we also do, you know, presentations of what's uh, what's out there or what are the possibilities. Um, we connect them to, you know, the certain offices, institutions in Croatia who can also help. So, yes, that's one of our roles as well. So that's both sides, both Croatian companies wanting to do business in the U.S. as well as, you know, U.S. investments into Croatia? Yes, exactly. It's both. And have you seen any trends within those two um, areas? Well, actually, yes, there's a, a lot of uh, Croatian companies, especially uh, when it comes to IT. So it's tech, uh, IT, robotics, gaming. Uh, also film industry. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, Croatian companies who are who want to come here and, and work here and find partners here. Uh, so there's also been an increase um, in those kind of, uh, you know, questions. Um, and also, as you probably know, we have a lot of uh, you know, productions, film productions who want to uh, film in Croatia. So there's been an uptake in that as well. Um, so there has been a lot going on. Um, yeah, there's always something happening. Would you mind talking a little bit about the, I mean, I guess this is not trade so much, but the no visa policy that recently, I mean, that allows Croatians, basically I can uh, sum it up and maybe you can correct me or... <laughs> And then uh, go into a little more detail. But basically, from what I understand, Croatians can go to the U.S. without a visa. But I, I'm not sure how long can they stay? Can they work there? How does that uh, work exactly? So um, it's actually called a visa waiver program. So that's a program that the United States has with uh, you know their friends and partners that allows their citizens to enter the country for tourist purposes and business purposes for three months, up to three months. And uh, they can do so without a visa. So you don't have to go to the American embassy anymore, uh, you know, pay, I don't know, a hundred bucks or more, and then wait for your visa. I'm not sure if you if it's going to be granted. All you have to do is go online, fill out an application called ESTA. It's E-A-S-T-A. And uh, basically, that allows you to uh, enter the U.S. without a visa. Um, we've been working on that for a very long time, and we we're very happy that it uh, came to fruition. And um, that really has uh, helped a lot with you know Croatians uh, coming to the U.S. Uh, they don't really have to go through this whole long and complicated process. So uh, we're very grateful. Um, to our American friends for that, um, for, for, you know, making this possible. How long ago was that implemented? Um, I believe it was last year, uh, end of last year, November, uh, uh, last year. So yeah, about 
what is it now? 10 months, a little bit more, mm-hmm. almost a year. And are you seeing now an increase in, I mean, tourism or, um, I mean, Croatians going um, to the U.S. using, utilizing that? You know, yeah, yes and no. Um, at the same time, you still have the pandemic uh, that is uh, still impeding travel a little bit. And I still feel like there's more uh, more Americans who want to travel to Croatia uh, rather than vice versa. It's just a matter of making it easier for Croatians. Um, but I, I don't think uh, there's been a huge increase because of that. Just because you know of the circumstances right now, but uh, otherwise, I, I think it's very helpful um, also for businesses. And now that's the same. Now going both ways is equal, right? Because I think it's the same coming from the U.S. to Croatia is the same three oh, month no visa. Well, it, it is three months, but uh, yes, there there was no visa requirement for Amer- for Americans anyway for Croatia. So it was just for you know Croatians coming to the U.S. For Americans going to Croatia, there was no visas at any point. I see. Okay. And do you see, or I mean, maybe have you heard of Croatia working on similar or the same policies with any other countries? Uh, well, um, there's not that I know at the moment, but you know, I'm not really in charge of of uh, those things, so I'm not really aware. Uh, but there was, there's not a lot of countries that require visas uh, for Croatians anyway, because now as a member of the EU and NATO, uh, you know, those requirements have gone down. The only country that I know of that you actually now do require a visa, where, whereas you didn't before, is, for example, Turkey, because, you know, um, we had to uh, impose visas on Turkish citizens when uh, we entered the EU, so they did the same to us. But other than that, you know, there's not that many countries that you would need a visa for anyway. Hmm. And that was an EU policy, you said, for to impose visas on Turkey? Yes, exactly. That's, yes, that was... Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Renee, I sort of want to, you know, pivot from these areas um, and, but, you know, still ask about your role. Is there any sort of, I mean, I know you're dealing with documents, with citizenship, um, with the trade. Uh, is there any sort of local way that you're supporting the diaspora? Well, of course, uh, you know, we are uh, with and uh, around the diaspora, uh, you know, constantly. Um, we go to all of their events. Uh, we're present uh uh, here we're here for any type of need that they uh, might need, um, but mostly it's you know about uh, being in touch, um, supporting them uh, when they're organizing their cultural events, uh, being there, you know, being active in the community, uh, being present. That's that's most most of it um, right now. Um, and there's a lot going on. There's, as you know, a, a very big diaspora here, and we cover a lot of states. So, um, you know, only here in LA and in San Pedro, we have about thirty to 40,000 Cro- Cro- uh, Croats. And um, in other parts of California as well, such as, you know, San Jose and San Francisco, uh, Watson will, um, a huge Croatian community, but then also in Washington state, um, Arizona, Texas. So, you know, we're quite active. Um, we're visiting them. We're showing them that we're here if they need us. 
and uh, that were, you know, involved in, in their work um, and their accomplishments as well. We also, you know, are here to offer any type of aid and support that they might need. And there's also a, um, a very big um, um, support system when it comes to the state office for Croats abroad. They have issued two calls for uh, projects. So they're financing projects for Croatian diaspora. So there have been two calls. Um, one has just finished, the other one just opened. So uh, it would be great if, you know, Croats abroad who have their in, you know, organizations who want to, to do some projects, uh, it would be good for them to apply. So that's something that, you know, goes through us as well. Mm -hmm. And now people who are, you know, looking to contact you and contact the consulate, um, is there a website that you can shout out or an email or something? Uh, yeah, the website is actually the website of our embassy in Washington, D.C., uh, which is us.mfa.hr. Um, and the email, which is a more direct way to reach us, is Los Angeles at mvep. Dot HR. So that would be the Ministry of Foreign and European Affairs. So Ministarstvo Vanskih i Evropskih Poslova. Dot HR. M V E P. Dot HR. Well, thank you for that, Renee, and thank you for coming on the podcast. I want to ask you just one last quick thing here before we go. Um, but now you've been in Los Angeles two years. Can you compare and contrast a little bit life in LA versus life in Zagreb? <laughs> Well, it's, um, you know, it's very different. Um, L.A. is a huge city. Um, what we think of L.A. is basically L.A. County. So it's uh, L.A. and then in between you have, you know, many smaller cities. There's a, actually 88 of them in L.A. County. So there's 10, 10 million people here. It's, uh, it's huge by its you know just the, the surface of it it's it's amazing so it takes a long time to get from one part to the other so uh you know being stuck in traffic is kind of a, a way of life here <laughs> mm -hmm. um so that that took some getting used to um but other than that it's it's a beautiful city and the weather you know it's just gorgeous you can't beat that um, but it, it is quite different. You know, Zagreb is quite uh, centralized, easy to get to. The public transportation is amazing in Zagreb, so you can get everywhere in a matter of, you know, half an hour from one part to the other. Um, so, you know, I kind of miss that. I miss sitting, you know, in, uh, I don't know, Svetnitrg and sipping coffee um, and being relaxed uh, and just people watching. Um, that's, you know, one of the best things and especially getting to the seaside that takes about, you know, an hour or two and you're at the seaside, which is the same here. Uh, but the beaches are very different. Um, this sea here at the ocean, uh, the Pacific ocean, you can't really swim in, not in the way that we're used to in Croatia. So, um, all of that is quite different. Are the sand beaches growing on you or you still miss the Croatian rock beaches? 
<laughs> but it's nice laying on a sandy beach, but then you can't really enter the sea. So I, I don't know what to tell you. It's 50-50, uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you got sand all over your body when you're, when you're going home. Exactly, too. exactly. And in Croatia, you just kind of, you know, you go into that beautiful blue water. So um, that's really something to, um, to remember. And uh, I, I go every summer to, to swim in our sea. Yeah, it is beautiful. Although the only thing about the rocks I have to say is every summer it does take a week or two for my feet to get used to <laughs> walking on the rocks down to the water. And I won't wear the water shoes. I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I know that a lot of people are actually confused about that. They don't realize that we have, you know, little pebbles on our beaches. But um, I guess, you know, I grew up there, so I'm, I'm used to that. Yeah, well, and some are bigger than others and some are um it's almost like sand you know and there are of course some sand beaches here too well of renee course. i really appreciate you um coming on here on the podcast um trying to think if there's anything else i need to ask you i don't know is there anything else you want to say before we go um well not really i i think you were asking me about you know trade and uh there's a, a big agreement being worked on right now and i wanted to tell you about that because a lot of people are asking us um, about that uh, so okay, we're please, working yeah. on a double taxation treaty um, so people who uh, are citizens of both countries don't have to pay uh, taxes both in Croatia and in the US and I just wanted to let you know that it's almost finished so uh, technically it has been completed um, and it has been translated and now we just have to go through the process of signing it and uh, you know pushing it through both uh, of the legislators, meaning that it has to be, after signing, has to be um, accepted or passed through Congress here uh, in the States. And the same goes for the Croatian Sabor uh, in Croatia. So one, once that is completed, we will have, uh, you know, our double taxation treaty, which will be very important for uh, all, all Croatians. Could you quickly explain how exactly that works? So that's if you are, say you have a job in the U.S. or whatever, and then you retire and go to Croatia, or maybe retirement is too complex for me to understand. <laughs> well, basically, it just, uh, you know, not to make it too complicated, but it would just allow you to pay taxes in one country. So either the States or in Croatia, you, you wouldn't have to uh, pay taxes in both of them, which you know, it. makes it much easier yeah and for businesses as well the country that you're working in is the country that you would pay taxes to yes exactly okay and what about even if you're say working remotely for a uh, company in the u.s but living in croatia you pay u.s taxes well yeah that's a you know a part of the agreement uh so we would have to see how that is uh you know what what's in the agreement but basically yes you you just pay the the country that uh, is paying you the money <laughs> basically mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's an easy way for me to understand thank you <laughs> yeah i know but i know that has uh, big implications for a lot of people so basically what i'm hearing from you is if you're looking to retire or get a job you should maybe wait a few more weeks well um you know, right now, uh, I, I don't think that Croatia is actually charging uh, taxes. They just want people who are in this kind of a situation uh, 
to fill out the, the tax forms and to report that they're working, let's say, in both countries or they're having income in both countries, let's put it that way. Uh, but in any case, it, it is going to be, you know, so much easier and, and people won't have to worry about it, that at all anymore. So, uh, and I don't think they would have to wait because it's imminent, you know, I think that should be finished, hopefully, um, end of this year, beginning of next year. So, you know, it's coming soon. <laughs> Great. Well, Renee, thank you so much for explaining that to me because that's hard for me to wrap my, my mind around things like that policies um and thank you so much for coming on the podcast i really appreciate it oh you're well, very welcome and thank you for having me and um hello and goodbye to all the listeners that's it for today's episode of the all things croatia podcast thanks for tuning in and i hope you all enjoyed it you can subscribe to the patreon and check out the all things croatia instagram page to stay updated Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, tips, or ideas, and make sure to tune back in to the next episode. Thanks again, and vidimo se!